Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Now I keep wanting to say we're an ocean apart, Jules, but probably more accurate to say maybe a sea, lots of French motorway and a few mountains because of course I'm out here in the French Alps in Maribel for the Inter-Services Snow Sports Championships. No, I'm you... not here in Maribel, you're over there. <laughs> Did I mention that? I'm, I'm sorry. Did I bring that up? Um, and you are in sunny, very exotic... Will it, Hampshire, uh, somewhere. Uh, it <laughs> might give away sun- your location. It, it, it might be sunny. We're not sure. It's it's still early. It's yes. There's an early start for us, so that um, we can both get on and do our, our jobs today. Coming up, um, a bit of a change for the norm, as I wanted to chance to let the sort of lesser known athletes speak, and those who, those will be competing in Maribel this week. Really, just embrace the experience, noting everything else that's going on, an opportunity for uh, our personnel to come out here, compete, uh, demonstrate their physical and mental courage and a break from the operations, the other commitments that they they also have to um, step up to and on on a daily basis are committed to. Now the numbers of those competing are possibly lower than normal because of the last minute decision on this going ahead. Of course, it was only really decided a couple of weeks ago with the French um, stopping the, the well, lifting the restrictions to get into the country. But people here are no less enthusiastic with uh, some of the athletes really being thrown in at the deep end and competing for the first time. Fortunately, I've come to it a bit later, later on, um, being in my 40s. But yeah, I mean, I'm always up for a challenge. I like, you know, to do something different. And it, and it, is, it is different. It is a challenge and it's enjoyable as well. Now just one more clip for you because the weather here is always a talking point in Maribel and we had beautiful sunny skies yesterday, that's Sunday, but it is looking a bit overcast at the moment and there is snow forecast. Either way, the competitors seem happy. There's not an awful lot of snow out at the moment. The weather hasn't been great, but actually the snow out here, the way it's been prepared, has been brilliant. In fact, it's one of the best uh, pieces that I've skied on here. So this is my eighth year uh, skiing out at the inter-services. And I have to say, this, the snow here is, is the best, which is weird given the fact that, that there hasn't been an awful lot of it. Uh, so that's my Maribel highlights. Um, and you can, if you keep listening, of course, we'll be um, playing those interviews in full later in the in the programme. But yes, it's going to be quite Maribel heavy this week, Jules, but obviously there has been other stuff going on. Well, that's quite all right. Just just tell us a little bit about sort of, you know, where where you are in relation <laughs> to the competition. What have you been eating? Paint a picture of the chalet you're in. Is there a hot tub? I mean, this is the stuff that people want to know. It's not quite Ski Sunday. That's brilliant. Thanks, Jules. Oh, oh that's really got me going on a, on a Monday morning. Well, that's, um, that's what we wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, so just, just where in relation are you to the actual events? We're really close. Um, we, we stay in the centre of sort of Maribel. Um, we kind of <laughs> chop and change chalets every year, but it's easier to work in a chalet. There's normally four of us out here and we just set up a little sort of home office and there's kit everywhere, but um, it kind of needs to be that way. And then every day we put a plan in who's going where. Today we're actually all going across to the Snowball Cross um, in Monterey, which requires a bit of uh, just a short little bit of travel and a bit of skiing um, to get up the mountain. But um, usually it's um, a really fun event just to watch and to be at and of course it is our bfbs sponsored event as well so um and and all... is there a is there a cable car uh, named after isn't it a cable car don't they name those after the or is that just reserved for olympic champions is there the kath brazier <laughs> gondola for cable car I... transportation or is that only for the olympic winners <laughs> 
I can't think of anything I've done in the last 10 years that would warrant a cable car being named after me. Well, if I hope. did, I'm not aware of it. So, uh, no, that has I have not reached those heights yet. But, um, well, you we'll know, just more. a... Yeah, but we'll chat <laughs> yeah. more about Maribel. I mean, are you all ricketted yeah. out yet? Or is it early days for the old cheese? I discovered a, a meal called raclette ball last night, and it was Well, I, that was me thinking that was the cowbell in the background, but it's <laughs> a raclette ball. It was a big bread bun um, with raclette, mel- melted raclette in it, and then it came with new potatoes wrapped in bacon. It's heaven. It was, oh, apparently, I, I, it's quite unusual for someone to finish it, and of course, I wiped my plate clean. But let's not talk about my dietary habits and my love of cheese. Yes, um, yes, there there head- is other sport going on. Where have yes. you been this week? Well, the headline act, of course, was at Aldershot, which was the second round of Rugby League's Challenge Cup with the British Army taking on the Royal Navy in this age-old competition. It's the first time that those two teams had faced each other in the Challenge Cup and it was all going the Army's way. 10-0 up, there they are, comfortable, not really in any danger of letting in any tries. And then with about 14, 15 minutes to go, the Navy popped up with their first try and then they got their second try (laughs) So which meant that it went to Golden Point, which in Golden Point, it's the first team that scores. And the Royal Navy had a couple of drop goals, chances to to win it that way. But in the end, it all came down to Joey Sugden, who dived over for the winning try to send the Royal Navy into round three. Went till he scooted it. I'll call him every name under the sun, but then I got, he got off all the way and I scored and I started crying. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's all, I'm lost for words, man. It's weird, but yeah. I don't speak very well on camera. So. Well, we're, we're actually a radio only. <laughs> radio only. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, to, to pull that back as you did, 10-0 down with just, what, 10 minutes to go, you did to the army what they did to their opponents in the first match. Well, I think we were fitter than them, to be honest with you. I think we were fitter than them. Trained since September, hard as anything else, and then it's just shown what we can do. We're a good group of lads. Everyone loves each other, and that's, I think that's, yeah, I think that's it. Fantastic to see a military side into that third round. And of course, that will take place tomorrow, Tuesday, if you're listening to the podcast. The draw, um, that is for the third round, is it? The, yes, the draw. Yeah, yeah, quick turnaround if it's the match. So, <laughs> But yeah, fantastic for the Royal Navy. <laughs> They'll be over the moon. They're absolutely delighted. They're known as the Band of Brothers, and they had that kinship on display on Saturday. Elsewhere, more Royal Navy rugby taking place. This took place down in Portsmouth, and this time it was the other code. This was Rugby Union. And it was a win for the Royal Marines as they beat their old nemesis, the Fleet Air Arm, in the Inverdell Cup. And John Inverdell himself was there to give away the uh, give away the um, give away the trophy. But a fantastic win for the Royal Marines gets them up and running for this season. My dad died, you know, more than three decades ago now, and they've been playing for this trophy for a long, long time. I think certainly for the first 65 minutes tonight, that was the best quality game of rugby that I've seen down here. At Burnaby Road, and uh, it was tremendous. I mean, it really, really was. And there were a couple of moments of real drama. I mean, fantastic chase down the wing and a brilliant bit of cover defending that, that actually turned the match. So, in terms of entertainment, it was it was great as a great advert for Navy rugby. But I think also there were one or two really handy players on show tonight who who will undoubtedly be in action at Twickenham on the thirtieth of April against the Army. Here we played are. I did. Yeah, with John, haven't you? <laughs> well, I, he, he's not as old as he looks. Let's just put it that way. And I'm a bit older than I look. So, yes, I have <laughs> I have shared the pitch with John Inverdell uh, back in our Isha days. But, it, it, you know, great that he was around. And if anybody can get access to, um, to that match, there is, as Inver said there, a fantastic bit of cover work 
Uh, great tackle going in there. It's, oh, it's a fantastic match. I really enjoyed that. Good. John Knighton put the TV report together. So if you get a chance to watch, you can. Um, I've been busy elsewhere. I was in Aldershot. And following its pandemic-enforced hiatus, Brazilian jiu-jitsu has returned to the forces sporting calendar, which is great. And I caught up with one of the leading protagonists of Army BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that's Private Alex Webb. Now, she's a two-time European Championship silver medalist. She debuted a couple of years ago at the Euros, and she's set to represent the Army when when that tournament gets underway in the coming weeks. And she can't wait to compete. So this should be our biggest team yet. Um, I think we're taking 20 odd athletes this time and um, of a range from white belt all the way up to black belt. We've got a few new black belts as well and there's been a lot of recent promotions up to blue, purple and brown. So it should be great. It should be really good. Top grapple sport is BJJ. Very, very many people in the military like to participate in that very confusing for for the for the layperson if you're watching on because it's the scoring you think that the person's winning but actually they're not they're the person who's trying to recover from <laughs> okay. some from some sort of hole trying to get out of it but um, one final story before we start talking Maribel proper is that Charlotte Davis from the British Army uh, she's only gone and won silver at the British weightlifting championships so Charlotte won the 81 uh, kilogram category that's not the weight she was lifting that's her, her weight in fact she went on to lift a weight of 179 uh, kilograms i think she'll be disappointed with that because at the inter-services she lifted a bit higher she lifted a bit more than that and uh, i think that may have put her, if she lifted that weight it may have put her in contention with, of gold but um she lifted 179 on the day at the british championships but a silver medal come on that's not to be sniffed at that's fantastic work from charlotte so so well done to her Wonderful news. And just a, f- a final bit, if I, if you don't mind me adding this in, that Millie Knight and Brett Wilde, who, of course, is a Royal Navy ski guide for the visually impaired Millie Knight, they are overall World Cup Super G Crystal Globe winners. Um, and that's Crystal such Globe news. winners? Yes, I'm not entirely sure what is that, that Crystal is, Globe... They won, that, two, they won two of the events. So they sounds like, it sounds like Globe something off Strictly, isn't it? It is sounds like... Strictly? The Crystal Globe <laughs> yeah. winners, Millie well, Knight... Red Wild. <laughs> you could be a voiceover man. But yeah, they, uh, it's good news anyway, of course, because the Paralympi- Paralympics coming up in March and, and they will be heading out there. And of course, Brett Wild would normally be here um, competing for the Royal Navy. But I did see that Jen Ke- Kehoe is back competing for the Army after her time with GB Is she out with you? She's out here, so I'll, mm. I'll try and catch up with her later in the week. Forces Sports. BFBS. The Forces Station. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Kath Brazier. And as ever, I'm joined by Julian Evans. We're just in different countries this week. Like I said, a little different as we hear from the voices of Maribel as they look ahead to a week of competition, starting with Lieutenant Colonel David Howes, who's captain of Army Telemark. Really just embrace the experience, noting everything else that's going on, an opportunity for... Our, our personnel to come out here, compete, uh, demonstrate their physical and mental courage and a break from the operations, the other commitments that they, they also have to um, step up to and on a, on a daily basis are committed to. One of the concerns about Maribel going ahead this year was that um, the athletes themselves wouldn't have had that much time 
on the snow to come and compete in such a high elite competition as this. So what have you guys done to overcome that to make sure that you know you are up to speed? Probably not up to speed like you normally would be in a in a normal year, but as much as you can be. Um, well, first of all, it's the thanks to all the change the commands that actually allowed us to come away. You know, there's various formations, and as in with the other services, we get pulled in from different establishments. So first of all, it's the appreciation of people and knowledge of that. Uh, I think most people gather there's a safety element of this. We've got to come out here to do this to to mitigate the risk of it. And so, as an army team, we were fortunate. We spent five days training uh, just up the valley from here, and we had a um, uh, a French coach who was a previous World Cup champion, Telemark. So under his supervision it's getting back up I think one of the key things to take away in, and I'm sure it's the same with, with the other services managed to do that the attitude that service personnel go into shot the um, the the coach only by the fact on the first day it was what is here and what am I going to do by Friday but because as everyone is focused on wanting to get to where they do uh, and again drawing on military um, uh, uh, characteristics yeah. then we overcome that adversity it's not a case of you know well, we've only got five days it's we've got five days and we've got to make the best of it and so coming into the competition here and also being able to be away from our normal work uh, and being able to do this again uh, you know a, a great uh, amount of um, appreciation to our challenge command to allow us to do that. My name is Sarah Shave, uh, Flight Lieutenant, I'm a reservist uh, and I'm here with the Telemark team hoping to compete for the first time. I'm Stephen Fryer, I'm a, a corporal in the, in the Air Force and I'm here with the Telemark team as the and captain. You, your captain of yeah. MEND or the entire RAF team? Uh, the entire RAF team okay. at Corinne. Sarah is one of our, um, a part of our development squad as we're pushing forward with, uh, with, our, with our ladies team, um, progressing it as, as much as possible through uh, over the course of these few years, so it's been really good. Excited to be here then, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully we'll get enough sort of uh, time on the slopes over this week that we may be able to get a run-in on the, on the competition slope, so... You've already been praised by Army Telemark because the, the, you're, it's brave to come here for the first time, you know, to compete. And there aren't a lot of women involved in the sport. That's just a fact as it is. But are you just that sort of person who jumps in at the deep end? Uh, well, I think so. Unfortunately, I've come to it a bit late, later on, um, being in my 40s. But, yeah, I mean, I'm always up for a challenge. I like, you know, to do something different. And it, and it, is, it is different. It is a challenge. And it, it's enjoyable as well. And Sarah, there's so many elements involved in, in any run in Telemark. Which bit of it do you love or which bit of it do you hate? You know, because you've got the Nordic, you've got the jumps. You know, they're, they're not easy for anyone. So no. what, what bits do you love and hate about it? Uh, well, the jump was the first time over the jump today, so that was fairly daunting. <laughs> um, but actually, I quite enjoyed coming down the stad today. Again, first time experience on it. Um, it was good. Haven't yet tried the loom. So that again, that's new. And uh, escape. Again, probably done a limited couple of times before, so it, it really is all new, putting it all together. We've had quite a lot of advice from some of these guys who've been doing it a long time. We've got a couple of good coaches, um, which is, is really good. So. We're really fortunate actually recently to have the, uh, the GB uh, number one telemark skier, um, Jasmine Taylor, and she's, she came along and um, uh, gave indoor us a little few, yeah. Yeah, a few coaching tips uh, when, we, uh, when we had our indoor championships uh, uh, back in September, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Captain Pete Bird uh, from the Royal Marines Reserves. Uh, I'm here in the Royal Navy Telemark team. Um, and uh, I'm competing for the first time in the inter-services snow sports competition. So I'm very fortunate in that my day job is as a MOD civil servant. 
and, and they give me plenty of time off to, to come and do um, sport, for example, like um, telemark training. Um, and then also there's plenty of things to do in the gym to prepare yourself for this sort of activity, both the skating side as well as the um, you know the turns, plenty of lunges, plenty of leg work, all helps. Do you think it's a cliche that it's um, it's a very it's a sport dominated by Royal Marines? It is a bit of a cliche. Um, it is it is true. You know the fact that we do our Arctic warfare training on um, free heeled skis means that it is quite transferable to uh, to that sort of role, and it definitely makes it easier. When I go back to Norway, uh, being someone who can actually ski quite well makes life a lot easier, especially when you're carrying. Um, a Bergen and weapons and that sort of thing. I'm leading survival equipment technician Abby Aldridge and I'm out here as the ladies captain for the Royal Navy snowboard team. Abby you've come a long way I mean we saw you in your first championships I can't remember how many years ago it is and you did you know I feel like sometimes we see people grow up when they come to these championships so tell us a bit of history and now you're women's captain as well um, what sort of state is Royal Navy women snowboarding in? So we've come a long way, definitely. When I first started, I remember coming out and not really feeling any pressure because I was just enjoying every minute. Um, so definitely progressed a lot in the last few years. Um, now to the point where I'm captain, which is an incredible honour, um, taking over from Steph Ingram, who um, no longer is with the team, along with Lucy. Unfortunately, they've moved on. Um, so we're just going for a new phase, really, with the ladies' snowboard team, bringing in some new talent and just develop, developing them for future future champs it's board across that's kind of your would you say that's your favorite still i don't know still my favorite yes um i'll definitely be trying to do my best this year it is my favorite it's the one i find the most enjoyable um and it's just the one that is the most unexpected you just don't know what's going to happen on the day um and just see what happens uh, I'm Lieutenant Commander Dan Hobian and I'm out here with the snowboard team, Navy snowboard team, as the team manager. This year we've taken a lot of risk. We haven't had the RN champs to uh, almost risk mitigate against bringing people to the Inters. Um, we've got a strong team though, I would, I would say. The risk, the risk paid off. Um, so we've got a lot of new people in the team, a lot of fresh talent. Um, the development over the last two weeks now we've been out um, in France has been crazy. been really, really good sort of high tempo sort of training. Um, period for us and uh, yeah everyone's developed really well. Uh, squadron leader Howard Fielder I'm part of the Royal Air Force Alpine team um, who competed today in the downhill. Given that Alpine is such a, a classical event I've had to go through a whole load of telemarkers and snowboarders to get to an Alpine skier. Um, how good is it competing out here? What's the, what's the snow like? What's the tournament like? What's the setup like? I know it's brilliant but I just want you to tell me that. Yeah okay so it's been I mean there's not an awful lot of snow out at the moment. The weather hasn't been great, but actually the snow out here, the way it's been prepared, has been brilliant. In fact, it's one of the best uh, pieces that I've skied on here. So this is my eighth year uh, skiing out the inter-services. And I have to say, this, the snow here is, is the best, which is weird given the fact that, that there hasn't been an awful lot of it. We are expecting some snow this week. What difference does it make in any event, but in particularly at Alpine, which is super fast? What sort of difference does it make when the, when the snow comes in? So it gets a lot softer and um, for the alpine events you need quite a firm piece underneath so it can make it quite interesting. Um, some of the faster events we, we, we can't run when it's, when it's quite um, powdery so we have to be quite careful with that but I'm sure the, the hill team will, will make a call on that one. But the tech events like the slalom which are a lot slower, more, a lot more technical can still go ahead and it makes it really interesting having soft under, underfoot.
What if you can't see anything, if it's actually snowing at the time? <laughs> well, it does it make it really interesting. But like I said, with slalom, um, the, the gates are only six metres apart. So you can, exactly. if you can see the next couple of gates, you can still do it. And sometimes you look, you're there and you can't see very far, but you can still race. So. And just finally, I think it's really important. I, I, was, I don't think I put it very well earlier on, but it's really important that people who see this understand that you can't come here without the training. So you have to have, and you're not going off for a laugh, you know, a week before. You're actually, it's very serious competition. And I think I need you to sort of tell me how serious that is because it's such, it's such a good um, standard that you have to have that training before you come here to do it. Yeah, you've got to have a few weeks training. You can't just come to the inter-services because it's quite a quite an advanced competition. You've got to have a few weeks off. So we're, we're really indebted to our line managers and, and the commanders back in the UK for giving us the time off. I myself and one other member of the ski team are on 47 Squadron. So we're on the front line with the Hercules force trying to you know deliver uh, air mobility. So to, to give the, us the time off to come and do this is really generous. So we're really indebted to get those weeks out and get out to the Alps to actually train because uh, it's really important to, to come to this composition ready to go. It's really interesting, Jules, and I, I don't know that I've seen this happen before. Obviously, those athletes talking there will be competing, but there have been a number of competitors they've seen during training over the last couple of days, and they've actually said, look, you're not ready, it's not going to be safe. So there's a huge sort of risk factor associated with not having the adequate enough training in the last few weeks and it's not their fault of course it's it's purely the situation we find ourselves in so they're very 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 hot on the on the health and safety out here dur during this week that was a nice audio collage you you put there Great. that was lovely it was really good yeah very interesting point that you make um does i mean does that make the the competition wide open this year because in the past we've not sure not been sure who's going to win the title perhaps dominated by one service or another but that does that make it more wide open possibly i think we've, we've certainly seen a few of the favorites that we've we've come to know over the years who will not dominate but definitely compete over the next week um but there's always a surprise sort of every year and I, as i said earlier i think there are less athletes because it's been such a last minute decision most of them were sort of ready to go i mean as steve davis put it not the snooker player the secretary of uk armed forces winter sports he said people were literally sitting in car parks with the engine running when the restrictions were lifted and then they went on to their, their training camp. So people were keen to come here, but it hasn't been that easy logistics-wise to get people here. So you, you could be right. We could see a more open championships, but I'll um, obviously keep you updated on that as we go through the week. Um, if you want to hear those interviews in full, we will be featuring a lot of them on forces.net. Um, our colleague... Nan King is putting together pieces every day on the events and I'll be doing sports reports as well. So please do visit forces.net. And of course, you can always watch the video versions at BFBS Sports Show channel on YouTube. I don't know if you had a chance to see some of the other sporting events from around the world when you were setting up in your little chalet. Well, we were amazed that, I mean, I'm I'm not amazed because it's Rafael Nadal, but we were amazed that he came back from two sets down and apparently it was quite a five-hour match and he's got that coveted 21st Grand Slam win, one more than Djokovic and, and Federer. But, I mean, I would love to have watched that, but um, just wasn't able to due to, to work commitments. But that sounded incredible. Yeah, well, it was almost as long as a cricket test match, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, the old king of clay Nadal, that he must surely be the GOAT 
but did you know that 13 of those 21 titles did come on clay? So right. I think, yeah, that moniker, King of Clay, firmly sticks. But yeah, what a fantastic performance. And at the age of 35. 35, wow. yeah. Wow. In, in Makes the you feel like you haven't achieved anything. <laughs> All right. Well, it's still early in the day. <laughs> Me, it's still not early you. In the, it's still early in the day. We've still got plenty of time. But that was fantastic was, performance by him. And lovely to see Ash Barty win, of course. First home winner of the Aussie Open. And she's... I didn't know much much about her, given that she's world number one. I, you know, sometimes people's personalities don't really come out until they win something huge. And um, there's been so much lovely stuff said about her. She's humble. Yeah. She's warm. She's friendly. Um, that's always Ending. really nice to win about yeah. someone who's so good at tennis as that's well. It. Look, staying down under. Did you catch any of the England versus Australia women's Ashes Test? I did watch a bit of Heather Knight's first. Mm innings um which kind of saved the match i know that in the end it was a draw but she um she sort of brought them back into the great game and a true captain's innings in the end wasn't it it was she did save the game for england but at, at one point it looked as though england were going to go on and get an unlikely yes. win but yeah. um they lost they lost wickets quickly and so they had to hold on for the draw in the end so it was a dramatic finish um but well well done to them and it keeps that ashes series alive that's the crucial thing because they've got some one day games to play against each other now and points mean prizes and you never yeah. know england could still win that tournament um one tournament that england won't win was the england men <laughs> they lost to West Indies last night. This is a series that I know you've been you've been watching to try to cheer yourself up over the Test <laughs> yeah. series. Um, this was the the T20 series that's been taking place and difficult for England yesterday. They just didn't quite have the momentum, I think, in their innings. But Did again, Jason. Well, Jason Holder. Again, I've, I've I've had to read a lot of this. I can't see it out here, but Jason Holder taking four wickets and four balls of the final over. I mean, we England definitely did have a chance, but that completely wipes them off the board. Um, they lost by 17 runs in the end. Jason Holder is—he is disproportionately huge. His shoulders, you know, just look like a wardrobe. He is as wide as a sight screen. Look, some of our <laughs> yeah. it, this often gets enveloped in, in in sort of civilian sport, but some of our leading rugby union players have been out and about, and a fantastic mm -hmm. win for Bath over Harlequins oh, on Friday win. night. Of course, with Josh McNally from the RAF Skippering Bath and a fantastic performance, I must say, by Samisa Rokodaguni at fullback. Not a position he's played for Bath at this level, so he did really well and they managed to scrape a win against Quinn, so that'll set them up nicely uh, for the remainder of the season. And Amy Kakane, of course, she plays for Harlequins Women. She got a couple of tries yesterday to help Quinn's in their um, charge to the top of the ladies' premiership, so Prem 15. So, you know, lots of our forces. But, and Sam Matavesi, let's not forget Sam Matavesi. <laughs> he scored for Northampton Saints as well. So. Oh, well done, Sam. I mean, I, I really love that Bath game. It was actually you who prompted me to switch it on the, on the telly. I was busy packing. But um, I, I know I'm biased, but what I really loved is seeing how well Josh and Rocco played. Rocco has been criticised for his defence in the past. It may have been possibly why he didn't go so far in the England side when he played for them. But he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And the, the Josh's face at the end, Josh always looks like he's hanging out, but his face at the end, and it's been all over social media, this is what it means. And I know it was not necessarily a full Harlequin side, but it didn't matter because Bath have only won twice this, this season in, in the Premiership. So, yeah, actually I was quite emotional. <laughs> I, have to, I have to admit that I was quite emotional when they won. Well, looking forward to seeing all three of those stars playing in the inter-services when, when that gets underway in the coming weeks and months. Um, so this week then, busy old week for you on the slopes of Meribel. 
There really is. I mean, there's a little story you didn't mention. Frank Lampard appointed at Everton, Jules. I mean, that, did that just bypass you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's, it's also the closing stages of transfer deadline yes. for, the, for the January window. So there's a lot happening in football at yeah. the moment. But I just thought, you know, a chance for us to chat a little bit more about forces sport. Of course. And I think um, just on the Lampard thing, I hope he's given more of a chance at Everton than he was at Chelsea. But there we go. Nah, yeah, lots to nah. lots to come at Maribel. Um, and... Uh, I'd love to give you a timetable of what's happening and when it's happening, but I'm afraid they change. It changes daily depending on weather. Um, so, just needless to say, lots of exciting snowboarding, telemark, and uh, in well, it, and alpine events, of course. And let's hope that they all get completed. Anyone who's watched the inter-services or been to the inter-services or competed here, um, please do follow all our coverage at forces.net we're also across all our social media and um bfbs radio of course and i'll be doing several link ups with um radio presenters during the week so um you'll be able to catch up and of course as i always say you know do get in touch if you want anyone featured forces sport at bfbs.com one thing that you have reminded me <laughs> is that i do have to put the christmas tree out for its recycling so this this alpine chat has served one purpose <laughs> Wonderful, Jules. Well, look, um, like I said, please keep up with everything that's happening. And um, I'm <laughs> sorry, the Ski Sunday thing is really tickling me. Um, we've also got some lovely feature pieces that Nan King is putting together. I should give a shout out to Lewis Bartley, our cameraman, and Simon Hunter are both here as well. Busy bees um, filming, of course, and putting out stuff for, for social media. And you can get to know the sports, the athletes and how the championships work. But that is it from Forces Sport Stroke Ski Sunday for this week. As ever, um, don't forget that the back catalogue of conversations with all our military sporting stars can be found on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. And of course, you can listen back to all the weekly Forces Sport programmes at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jules. I miss you. And um, thanks for listening. Um, I guess see you next week when, when I'm back in the country. Yeah, you take care. Au revoir.